What's up, Dunwoody? Yesterday was the all-for-one golf and tennis tournament at the Dunwoody Country Club. We had a great time and encourage anyone who missed out this year to take part in the event next year. My name is Matt Weber. I'm a realtor producing a somewhat average podcast in my little bit of free time. I live in the Dunwoody North subdivision, and my two boys are at Chestnut and at Kingswood Preschool. The other dude you'll hear is Justin Dyke. He is the founder of PoolDues.com, and his pool software is used by many of the neighborhood pools. He's also the brains behind lots of other little side projects around the city. He started Rock the Woody. He runs a few Dunwoody-centric Facebook groups, including Dunwoody Area Happy Hour Crew, Dunwoody Area Movie Geeks, and his newest group, Decriminalize Dunwoody. If you ever need him, you can find him at the Georgetown Pool or look online. All of our contact info is on the website. The show is sponsored by the wonderful Brett Friedman and Village Orthodontics. That name probably sounds familiar because they literally sponsor everything around the city. They are the title sponsor at our children's schools. They were the presenting sponsor at the golf tournament yesterday. I saw that they were the title sponsor at the Dunwoody Dash this weekend. He's all over the place, pushing money around our community in the best possible way. This show is the start of a few episodes that are all about the upcoming elections. Early voting starts in about a week. Um, if you live in Dunwoody, you'll have two choices for mayor, Lynn Deutsch or Terry Nall. The next two episodes will be with Lynn, and the following will be with Terry. Both of these candidates have served our city for a long time on council, and both are well-respected and genuinely nice people. You won't hear any smear campaigning, just two citizens giving their time to better our city. Hopefully over the next 80 minutes, you'll get to know both of them pretty well. Uh, these 40-minute shows aren't hard-pressing interviews, and we don't dive deep into the issues. Just the same crappy, squirrel-driven conversations we always have. Enjoy. What's up, Dunwoody? Welcome back to the What's Up, Dunwoody podcast. Yeah, we're here with uh, Lynn Deutsch, candidate for mayor. The mayor. Do you get to wear a top hat if you win? A top hat? And a yeah. monocle. And a monocle. You have about to. a crown. Oh, there you Ooh. go. Ooh. Princess you know. crown? No, a queen. A queen, sorry. So, <laughs> you know, let's, let's, if we're going to go big, we should go big. We should, we should. So, you get to at least sit in the center, right? That's I where get they, to sit in the yeah. center, and we hope the chair makes me look taller. Because yeah. <laughs> any picture you ever see a council... There's a big height discrepancy. In fact, we might start taking all our pictures sitting down. Yeah. Like so well, with John and Tom, I mean, it's, a big, it's a big crew. And, yeah, it's a big crew, and I'm not very tall, even with heels on. So uh, when Doug was on council, we could balance it a little bit. Yeah, but Tom, Tom replaced Doug, and yeah, it's just You me. could do it like the soccer pictures where the little person's always in the front with the soccer ball. Yeah, we might have to evaluate all the options at that point. So. <laughs> But I am. I'm running for mayor. Um, I'm actually mayor pro tem right now, which is essentially like a vice president, but with much less powers. So when Denny isn't available, uh, I serve in his position. I run a meeting. I cut a ribbon. Occasionally kiss a baby. You know, that kind of good thing. The de facto mayor. I didn't know that. How do you you get to be the pro tem? The council elected me. So this is my second year. The council decided. So so if you were to win, would we have uh, a few more years of of mostly the budget going toward paving? Because I saw recently the the budget was 3.7 million, million which seems like a lot. So a budget is a, a... a policy document essentially that sets your community's priorities and paving is important you you have to look at the whole pool of resources and for me we've done a really good job paving and I know a lot of people are waiting for their streets to get paved but we would evaluate where we are what the list is if we spend a little less on paving what does that mean for the people at the bottom of the list and it, are there ways to expedite 
paving in a creative out-of-the-box way so that we don't make people wait hugely that's not even a word wait <laughs> much much longer for something they've really been anticipating um, I will say that I have been um, knocking doors for the last two weeks and not one person has mentioned paving which is a big change from certainly eight years ago and I when I knock a door I introduce myself I explain why there and my next question is is do you have any concerns or questions about Dunwoody and nobody has said paving what do most people say the village first in school second I had one person talk to me about traffic and that was definitely not about paving. Yeah, I don't think paving is a priority for the young folks. They'd rather see that money, which is a lot of money, go towards something a little bit more exciting. Yeah. Well, and we can do both, right? We don't have to stop paving. We can spend a little less and increase our uh, increase spending on, uh, on other things. The village is an interesting situation. And, it's, and to me, it's not just about the village. It's about all our commercial areas from perimeter to Georgetown, to the village, to Winter's Chapel. And they all need something. The Georgetown is actually in pretty good shape. The center for a 1970s center has, is actually full, which is really unusual. There's not one empty space. And so, um, and the, we're, we've done lands, uh, streetscaping and there's more to come in the Georgetown area. And the Georgetown actually has all our trendy restaurants, such as they are. It has Farm Burger and Taqueria and, um, you guys are such homers. I was such homers. You love Georgetown, well, don't you? <laughs> calling it like it is. I'm calling I'm it like kidding. it is it's in nice. terms of trendy. It's nice. it, it, it has unique people at Starbucks. I mean, you know, yeah. you just can't ask for more than that in Dunwoody at this point. And so, uh, Morelli's ice cream? I mean, come okay, on. No, you, yeah, you sold me. You, you sold, sold me. you. But every, everywhere else, you know, it, the village and Winter's Chapel, there's work to be done. And in the village, it's going to be a public-private partnership. It will have to be. I, if you look at what's happened in our sister cities around metro, metro Atlanta, everyone's investing in themselves to some extent. It doesn't have to be a fortune in terms of dollars, but it has to be a smart, strategic plan. Um, for the village, I think we need green space. Um, I think we need, it doesn't have to be, you know, hold 10,000 people. It has to be small, it can be intimate, it can be comfortable for a person playing a guitar, strumming a guitar while you wait for your dinner reservation, you're drinking a glass of wine because it would be open container so that you can walk around. I'd like to see cool galleries or other cool retail options that stay open as late as the restaurants do, or not as late, but you know what I'm saying, so you can stroll through there. People aren't looking just for dinner, they're looking for an evening out, I think, that's why people get babysitters. Yep, we are. Right. We I mean, are. I think that's what people want. I'm in love with the Peachtree, uh, Peachtree Corners right. Town I took, Center. I oh went, gosh. I've been twice. Yeah, you, I took you there. You yeah. showed me that. And I think that's actually all Dunwoody Village is missing. We right. don't We don't need uh, apartments popping up there. No, well, and, there's no room, really. Right, right. I mean, and, and that would be a damned if you do. I mean, because then people are going to go, oh, well, that's bringing more people in and, and uh, the school system and everything. But yeah, just some green space. That, right. That's all we need. It's a lot of parking lot. And, and a water feature. Oh, like a, oh, oh, yeah, that would be That's beautiful. That's what they have at Peachtree Corners. They have a little sprinkler park. It doesn't have to be that, but I think you have to put something there that feels authentic and um, and makes it attractive. And I don't know if you noticed the one at 
Peachtree Corners has like an artificial hill. Yeah. It might not have been artificial, but it looks kind of artificial. Well, the that turf. the kids can um, slide down. They provide the towel things for the kids to slide down. And they've had a few concerts and movie nights. And how we want to use the space, you know, will be partially determined on what size it is. And my conversations with Regency, which is the landowner, the real estate investment trust that owns the land, indicates to me that they're interested. You know, they have that whole center... Uh, courtyard that's empty for the most part mm. and um, which area is that it, the... it's next if so if you're looking at the center it's to the right of fresh market oh, okay. and it's, right. it's oh, back yes, there. they've yeah. done some work so maybe it doesn't quite look so much like a courtyard but you know they're not pleased with their occupancy or I mean or and, and they are ready for to see change and Regency changed their business model a few years ago normally real estate investment trusts don't renovate the projects they're there for the rental income. Mm. And a few years ago, they took a look at their inventory, I'm guessing a hard look at their inventory, and then in the meantime, realized that their income was being impacted by the product they were offering, and they started renovating, and Dunwoody wasn't on the, the village wasn't on the list because of our zoning code and our overlay district. And so when Pam Talmadge, who's on council with me, and I had a conversation with them, we're like, well, we can fix that. And thus began the process of looking at the village, looking at the overlay district, figuring out what could be changed. You know, we're not advocating tearing it down. There are a lot of businesses in there. <laughs> okay, well, you do you, but but there are businesses in there that employ people and are successful. And like our sponsor, Village Orthodontics. Uh, there's a plug. <laughs> edit, edit. <laughs> but there are, right. There are um, businesses there that have been there a long time, and they are successful. And But there's plenty of space for the area to be improved. There's a lot of parking. There's um, probably two. There's empty spaces. There's that whole courtyard. And I think with Regency as a potential partner and the city investing some smart, small, targeted investments and implementing the plan that we're working on, I think we go a long way to making a place that we're not just proud of, but where people want to be. And not just us, because it has to be somewhat of a destination, to be a huge destination, but it has to attract people from Sandy Springs, just like we all go to Sandy Springs now, or we go to Chambly. We need some people to come our way too. Um, we probably need to eat dinner a little later sometimes. That's a big deal. The restaurants tell us, the restaurant tours tell us that they won't come to Dunwoody Village because they need a second or third shift at dinner. You know, they need more than one seating. And so, but I think that it's a chicken and egg question, right? If the restaurant is good enough, uh, you'll go out and wait for a table till 8.30. Uh, the, the townhomes will help because when people can walk to dinner, they probably go a little later. It fits into their lifestyle. They do what they need to do and just walk across the street. The townhomes are gonna help when they get fully occupied. But it's a good point that a lot of this falls on us. I mean, today in that Dunwoody Forum, our Facebook thing, somebody put up an article that was talking about um, a, a was a brew pub oh, or something like that. that. And every comment was like, you realize we have this, yes. right? So, <laughs> you know? so I, yes, and without directly commenting on that particular post people don't know as much as people think they should know like so a few years ago we did a survey about a park survey to get ready to write up 
rewrite the park's master plan and I like to read the comments. I mean, the data's fine, but the comments are where the jewels are. And I'm sitting there reading it and somebody says, why don't we have a path like they have at Chastain Park? Now, we have a path. Did like you just want to pull all your hair out yeah. at that point? And be I like, wanted to, but we not only do we have a path like Chastain, Chastain Park in Brook Run and Pernishal Park, but at the time it had been on the front page of the crier for 18 months because there was so much controversy about it. And so it just blew my mind. But that kind of thing happens all the time. And so I saw that. And, you know, I'm not, uh, my husband is a ketchup on the table kind of restaurant guy. And so I am not a restaurant connoisseur necessarily. So I'm thinking, what is different, as I saw that, from the one we have already? And I don't think anything was different. It's just, and a lot of breweries don't have food either. You know, that was that's I've been to one in Tucker that's in an old office park and one of the challenges with Dunwoody is is that we don't have a lot of old office parks to absorb that kind of product so I think it'd be awesome for us to have a distillery I think it'd be really cool but I don't exactly know where it would go I worked with someone who wanted to put one in Dunwoody as the law was changing at the legislature to make it allowed and there just wasn't anywhere logical for it to go um, that kind of product because we never you know we never were an industrial community mm-hmm. you know you look at what's happened in other places like Chambly and part of what's happened there is because of the real estate that was already there you know they had a train they had industry they had uh, warehouses we had none of that we were uh, farms and then we were houses one of our uh, recreation clubs will give up their clubhouse for a distillery, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that probably wouldn't live up to zoning codes. Or would it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I, you know, I think some, we are part of a metro area, and so for some things, we're just not going to have them here in a, in, a, in a way that they are in other places. Yeah. Like and the stuff beer. I feel like we're competing with each other too, like with High Street. Yeah. So High Street's going to go in, and then the village is going to have to really be nice to pull people away from High Street. Right. So I have a question about that. So, uh, to me, High Street, it, what we hear is that the Ford Fries of the world, you know, they're not coming to Dunwoody Village. The traffic count isn't high enough. The the spaces aren't what they're looking for. But they likely would end up at High Street. And, but I get a lot of pushback when I talk about High Street as part of the solution to the entertainment needs in Dunwoody. But with Uber and Lyft, I would think that it, it is still, I mean, it is still Dunwoody. Um, and you can just hop in an Uber or Lyft and go. Uh, I think I'll be yeah. there all the time. Well, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It's like people will say, well, we want walkability. But what they're really not what they're really saying is we want to walk 0.25 miles right. and drive the 1.75. Right. Not we want to walk the two miles, right. you know. Right. Absolutely. And that's so High Street, I think, if it's built the way it could be, should be maybe. We'll see. And actually, we have to see them break ground before yeah. we think it's really it's been starting. Like 10 years, I, right? More than 10 years. And just don't get your hopes up. I hope it's coming this time. But uh, just because it's like the elephant in the room, right? You know, Ford Fry says he won't, and I don't know for sure that he said that, but he says he's not coming to Dunway Village because he's going to High Street. But what if High Street is still 10 more years away? Maybe the village starts to look more appealing. But until we have some definitive progress you know one way or the other over there it is probably holding up a lot of stuff that we don't even know about yeah 
uh, North American Properties, who's doing the commercial side, is the developer of Avalon. They did that. And my friends in Alpharetta tell me that everyone in Alpharetta says, uh, you know, all they complain about High Street, but they're there all the time. Yeah. And so I think you're right. I think the village is going to have to find a way to have a unique product um, that has to be sustainable. So again, if we go that direction, then the product we have has to be good enough to attract people, but we have to use it too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was a chestnut parent for a long time, 13 years. And so though I live in North Springs, that's where we were zoned. And my friend, I have a lot of friends in your neighborhood here in Dunwoody North, and they will say to me, they'll complain to me about restaurants, lack of restaurants. And most of my friends, remember, are empty nesters at this point. And I'm like, well, you, you get in your car every time because you can't walk anywhere from the center of Dunwoody North, right? I'm like, you're going to get in your car and you're going to go where you want. And so if I put in all this work to make Dunwoody Village something, you have to stop going to a different restaurant every night. You know, Mm. you have to, part of how restaurants thrive is by repeat businesses, business, repeat business. And so that's a, you know, that's a big part of how we will convince restaurateurs is with our loyalty. And so it's actually really important that the restaurants we have in Dunwoody, it's not just at the village, to be clear, are successful. So future restaurateurs come in and say, well, this restaurant has been here for this many years and they've done great. I think we can develop a clientele here and we can be successful. The other thing with the village is, is it's not just about grownups. Middle schoolers, they hang out at Walgreens and Publix. And that bugs me. It really bugs me. And so I think it's, I don't, rem- this is a fairly new phenomenon to me to see them in the walking to the village. I, my old, my other kid, my kids are older. The youngest is 18, but the, her brothers are in their 20s. And I don't remember this from before, but it's been the last couple of years. And it never fails that if you go when it's not school time, that there are middle schoolers trying to figure out what to do. And, you know, that's not so ideal. If they had that grassy area that Peachtree Corners had, though. Yes, that's what I'm saying. The grassy area at Peachtree Corners, the new park at Peachtree, at Austin, I hope the kids won't think it's too far to walk, but a lot of them are walking past it or close to it anyway, will give them something to do. But yes, the, the Peachtree Corners, you know, it doesn't have to be, it won't be identical. You know, Dunwoody's got to do what works for Dunwoody, but the idea of what they've done there is, and it's, it's not unique, a lot of, uh, cities and towns across Georgia have put green space in their central business area, which in um, perimeter needs uh, green space too. Yeah. And and you know we have a playground on the agenda uh, to be built in the next few years in the perimeter area, which is great. By the bridge. Yes, by the bridge. So there's a bridge now over the creek connects to Georgetown. There's going to be a playground at the end of that path. Cool. And we have a lot of children who live in those apartment complexes, and they're playing in parking lots, sometimes within the apartment complex, but sometimes like in the office building parking lots in the evenings. And we need to get that playground built, and it's a top priority. And, you know, and then it'll, it'll serve tourists, too, who stay at our hotels, and it'll serve Georgetown, too, because there's a bridge. Yeah. But, and eventually, you love that bridge, Georgetown Bridge. I have the Georgetown, <laughs> the Georgetown Bridge. And the other thing is, with the Georgetown Bridge is that eventually that's going to connect to a path that's going to connect to the bridge goes to Perimeter Center. The path will connect to George uh, to Pernishal 
and to therefore Brook Run. So you'll be able from Dunwoody North or wherever you get on the path to go all the way to Perimeter on your bike or walking. And I'm so excited about that. Now it's been held up because of this little 285 interstate project. Otherwise we'd probably be further along. What aspect of that is holding it up? The aspect that not it's knowing being built. Oh, okay. But but I'm hoping. Oh, because it would go along the. Because it would go along. Okay. So so it, it's not going to be an easy, as you know, because if you're familiar with the Georgetown topography, it's very hilly, and so we can't just go down Old Springhouse Lane at, with a city path. So we would go a little bit down Old Springhouse, cut across, build the path along the interstate, and then cut back across by the pool, and then join the bridge. And people. To be able to allow, I mean, people have already changed their commuting patterns because now they can cross the bridge. I've had several people tell me that they now commute by bicycle to Perimeter Center because they have a safe way to get across. And But it would allow so many more people, and for leisure too, you know, it's not all about work and commuting, to be able to, on a pleasant, if it's ever not 100 degrees outside, Saturday morning or Sunday afternoon or whenever you want, to be able to walk over to Alon's or... Uh, the new Parkwoods the new par- uh, Park backyard, backyard bar, right? What to call it? And it's an easy walk. I mean, it's easy, fifteen minutes. Or it's so. an easy walk, and so I'm all excited about the connectivity. I think that's going to be great when GDOT gets <laughs> when GDOT. You know, so we want GDOT to build the path. So I have four things I want from GDOT: moving the pool. <laughs> No, moving the pool or just saving the pool? Well, I would like to see them move it from where, where the parking lot is at now. Just switch the parking lot in the pool. Okay. Can you add that to the That was five? not on my four. Oh, okay, so my, it's, it's top it's, one now. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty big ask. Or um, is it? Yeah. yeah. We'll talk about that. That's like a whole other conversation. Um, one is the noise wall going up immediately. As okay, when is start. that? Yeah, because our tennis players have been complaining about it. So, the no- Well, that's a separate, you know, you're, the noise wall that's going up right now on 285 is related to the 400-285 fix. Somehow they've tied that in. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, right. I'm, or they're mushing them. Right. But Sorry it's to not, sidetrack you. No, that's okay. All right. All right. But so one is noise walls going up immediately preceding construction, even if they have to be moved, because it's not fair to anybody to have to live next to construction for six to eight years. I went to your pool the other day and it's, they took down the trees and it's yeah. right on. I yes. mean, I didn't it realize is. it was so close. And it is loud now. Yes. Louder. And yeah. so I can find out for you about that. You. The second thing is, is that the path. I think that's really important. It shouldn't be a big deal for GDOT because they're um, going to be there anyway. And, and they gave Sandy we'll Springs a lot them. of stuff out of yes. it. Yes. And so. so we haven't gotten our design yet so we don't um we're not in the same stage as sandy springs they're ahead of us that project is ahead of dunwoody in terms of timing the third thing is a a sidewalk project that we've delayed against 285 on that we've had to delay because of the unknowns related to where it's starting and i'd like them to put the sidewalk in since we had to delay it and the final thing is is i don't know if you've ever been to fifth street bridge at georgia tech where they've greened up you know as you're going they took an old they took a bridge and they rebuilt it over 85 and it's a linear park on one side and it's green and lush on the other and we not getting a linear park we don't even need the linear park necessarily right there and they had committed to putting in a wider sidewalk but i want the green too I want the space for the green. 
the trees and bushes and shades and vines because uh, it will become the gateway to Dunwoody. And I don't know if y'all know that the 280, the current plan if is that the Shambly-Dunwoody Bridge has to come down Whoa. for the construction and then go back up. Wow. Wait, what? There's a nice teaser for the next episode. If you enjoyed this one, make sure you subscribe to the show by saying, hey Siri, subscribe to What's Up Dunwoody Podcast. <laughs>